We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Finally, we are here, Notre Dame fans. Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Anora boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. Got to do it responsibly. We see some of your comments and questions that were posted earlier when we were supposed to start at 11. We were supposed to have special guest Kenton Gibbs, who's been on here before, to talk about Clemson and preview the game from Locked On ACC. He'll be with us Thursday at 11. Don't forget, tomorrow at 11, we have the great Corey Miner joining us at the start of the show. So that should be a fantastic show, Left, Left. I'm looking out my window. It was 80 degrees last week, left. That's right. 80. Do you see what I have on right now? Looks like the in-house temperature is a little colder than that. The ground is covered with this uh, precipitation that only us from the Midwest know as snow. Oh. In one week, I've gone from eighty degrees to snow, bro. Only, only the only the dyslexic weather of the Midwest can take you from one end of the spectrum to the other. I had no problem with the the temperature dropping left, none. Oh. But this snow, you know. But, you know, this snow brings happiness to, to my wife, though. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is her time of the year, bro. Right? right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, snow, pajamas, hot chocolate, yeah, movies, Christmas movies, Christmas cookies. Yeah. It's about to be festive than a mug around here, bro. Festive than a mug. She probably hears me talking because she's, like, doing some things. She has these little Christmas uh, house shoes with these bells on them, bro. And like the entire two to three months of the, of the holiday season, bro, you just hear her walking through the house, no matter where you are. Just ring-a-ling-a-ling. Ring-a-ling-a-ling. Okay. I, actually, I actually like them, though, left, if I keep it a hundred. Okay. I couldn't wear them, but I actually, you know. You know how you like seeing other people happy? but you're not exactly the festive person. Okay. That, that, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like I watch, I, I'm not the big Christmas person, but I love watching them open their gifts. You mean like you're not into the whole uh, getting dressed up stockings? No, man. Like match, matching pajamas, cookies, movies. Like, oh, man. No. You're not playing boys to men a thousand times Christmas carols. Like I participate because they're so over the top, her and my daughter. Are you nativity? They love it so much. 
Say it again. You do the nativity scene or no? No, the decorations are pretty much internal. Right? Like my man, my dad, dude, he is like full buy-in. Uh, before he uh, got a little sick, uh, my parents would throw uh, a company Christmas party every year. And oh my God, when it was time to everybody to gather around the piano and sing, oh, he was in heaven. He was in heaven. But my father is a, um, is a gospel recording artist, quartet singer from back in the day. So anytime he's meant Christmas, my father has a Christmas hol uh, holidays CD. Well, he has like eight songs, like Mothman. Look, so I'm I'm surrounded by holiday lovers, bro. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> I'm saying, and I, I guess I am the bar humbug. The way Clemson is trying to be the bar humbug to the winning season of Notre Dame on this Saturday. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're trying to be that. We're going to get a. Hey, this dude has some comments on Dabo Swing coming at you in a few minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, you might want to stay tuned for this. But before we get to that, I'm going to start with Dabo and the matchup. I see what Dabo's doing. Right? He's having problems trying to figure out his program. He's pushed a lot of buttons, made changes, lost coordinators, hired coordinators, hired internally, hired outside. Went and got Garrett Riley in the offseason. And this is going to lead up to the leftovers. Um, but before we do that, Man, CFE Nation presented by Twisted. Hey, I got that in at six minutes. Uh, audio edibles each and every day. Apple Podcast, Spotify. Lock in. Don't forget the thumbs up. Smash it for us. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We greatly appreciate it. Now, left. He's trying to make this game emotional for his team. He's trying to create an atmosphere of us against the world left. He's trying to do it. In doing so, we'll get to it. 
he went over the edge a little bit. But even after the game on Saturday, when he calmly answered, he started talking about his show after the game when he talks to fans about maybe we need to let some people off the bandwagon. Maybe the bandwagon needs to be a little bit lighter. It's Clemson, South Carolina, man. It's Clemson, South Carolina. Okay? Let me tell you something somebody said to me today. I want to get your feedback. Because I was really just... Dude, we had comments after the show that I responded to from Clemson fans that were upset that, you know, we would put forth the comment or question, you know, did Notre Dame break Clemson? They're sub-500 since the pummeling and Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, I used the word pummeling. That's what it was. And Notre Dame Stadium last year. They came in undefeated as a college football playoff contender and left broken. Went home and lost to a South Carolina team that Notre Dame would a month later handle in the bowl game. And if it's not for Tyler Buckner's two pick sixes, Notre Dame probably dominates them and runs away. And we have fans, Notre Dame fans, actually say Clemson is not representative of their record. Left, I don't like when people say that. Notre Dame is representative of their record. They're a two-loss team, which means, yo, they weren't good enough to be an undefeated team. Whether it was mental mistakes, quarterback, wide receivers, injuries, whatever it was, Notre Dame is who they are right now. Clemson is 4-4. Four and four. With losses to Duke, North Carolina State, Miami, and I forget who, and Florida State. That's who they are. They're not a good team. Their defensive line has been riddled with injuries. Their offensive line has been awful. Their quarterback has regressed. We're a Notre Dame podcast. Notre Dame fans, go listen to the Clemson podcast post-game. Go, just go find a Clemson podcast, and you will hear co-hosts saying that Kate Klubnik, Klubnik, however you pronounce his name, has regressed as a quarterback. They watch him every week. That's the home team for them. They echo the same sentiments. More than likely, they will be without their best player on offense because the best player isn't their quarterback. Best players are running back, and he's close to 60% of the offense. Their wide receivers haven't been able to get off coverage. Offensive line can't protect. And they're having problems with development and coaching. They're four and four. So we don't have to say, oh, they're dangerous. And uh, if Notre Dame plays their game, Notre Dame will win this game. We said it going into Louisville. Heck, we said it going into Ohio State. The challenge is not the opponent. The challenge is Notre Dame and which team is going to show up early because they've been used to playing either prime time or 3.30 games. It's an early start. The last time was an early start, Against North Carolina State, Notre Dame didn't start off too well. And once they got lathered up, they dominated North Carolina State. You know, the North Carolina State offense that struggles to put up points, struggles to get to 20, 
that put up 24 against Clemson. That team that just beat Clemson. So, this is why I'm not a betting man left. Hey, any Saturday when teams take the field, I don't trust either team. I don't care who the favorite is. I don't trust the players, college or pro. I mean, it's more about trusting yourself, though. Uh, That either. I don't trust myself to make the right decision on people that I can't trust. There you go. It's all messed up. It's all bad. Yeah, I get that. It's all bad. So your thoughts on the what some may consider a buzzsaw that Notre Dame could possibly be walking into in Death Valley on Saturday morning? Well, after having the five-game stretch that we had, I don't see Clemson as any different uh, to to what we haven't experienced already. Mm-hmm. For us, this time around, we're not coming off an emotional strenuous stretch or primetime game or something with the money really being on the line or something that may change the narrative of our program. This just happens to be another game in the ACC that has a older narrative that is playing against a team that's <laughs> stock is rising in a lot of cases. I think they, I think we have more to play for than they do in terms of their direction is still questionable. Whereas to ours is just about cleaning some things up here and there. Just from the way that both coaches are talking, one is more confident in what they got going on in the other. Mm -hmm. And so listening to Marcus Freeman, you know that, it's a process that he's on his way of doing as opposed to Dabo uh, explaining his resume as to why, you know, this is trying to overlook a year like this or downplay the significance of what this year is. It's just the way football is, unfortunately. What have you done for me lately? So to remind people that, you guys have won two championships in seven years. I mean, that was back then. We'll get to that. We're really going to get in on that. I got my bullet points for that. Because for you all know, 18 minutes. I just, you can appreciate a guy like Nick Saban who has had greater consistency, mm-hmm. but is never necessarily took the steps to not adapt to it. And I think that if he is considered the greatest of this certain era, yeah, it's hard to, it's just like the Tom Brady effect. Tom Brady taking a pay cut, getting cussed out by Bill Belichick. He's just one of the guys. It's just so hard for you to supersede that personality and look to be treated any differently if Tom Brady's getting treated like that. So it, it, it that type of system just shows the colors of certain coaches where it's yeah. like, oh, you, you're a complainer. <laughs> yeah. now, see, you know, there's a lot of disrespect that's been thrown uh, in the direction of Bill Belichick, right? With the Patriots not playing, kind of going through a similar thing that Clemson is going through, right? And you can say, well, yeah, like you don't have the generational quarterback. You don't have Tom Brady anymore. I had this conversation with my, my dad, and I said, see, this is the difference between – I said, take McDaniel from the Raiders, for example. He's failed as a head coach every time he left Tom Brady. He hasn't been successful at all. I said Bill Belichick was a, a multi multi Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator before Tom Brady was born. Like we're not about to sit here and act like we didn't see or haven't seen Bill Belichick elite coaching. Like that happened when he he was successful at Cleveland. 
and brought the Browns back as a coach. Like he was a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator twice with the Giants. Like, so we can have a discussion about who was more important, him or Tom, but you just can't sit there and say Bill Belichick is not an elite coach. You can't because he has an entirely different career or resume that doesn't even include Tom Brady. Tom Brady's side, yeah, you can debate that all day. I'm not about to sit up here and fault anyone that falls on either side of that debate. However, Dabo doesn't have that in this instance. And there's really no one around in that Clemson program, in my opinion, I, Taj is around because Taj just got added to the coaching staff. He was part of the broadcasting, radio broadcast, but now he's part of the coaching staff. He just got added recently. And what is it like, Left? Because you've been through a season like this in 2016 where you know you have talent. For you, you always said the leadership was totally different. Like, the team was talented, but the leadership that was lost from the year before and how leadership was kind of formed the following year was the big reason for that terrible season in 2016 that ultimately led you to think, yo, I don't want to do this to Brandon. I want to get out of here and transfer down to Florida. Like, if from... Is there a similarity from what you guys went through, even though Brian Kelly was able to right the ship, make changes? But, you know, what's the emotions of that? Because you guys lost a lot of close games to teams that you probably felt like you were better than at the end of that season and down the stretch. Yeah, it's just an interesting uh a unique situation to be in. You realize how much uh, control over your own fate at that point, uh, and what it, how much it really matters to you, as opposed to taking a chance. You know, mm -hmm. so being in that position where you can have that two way option, I think it was just more me taking an opportunity to kind of refresh from a situation where, you know, you, you've trusted things that didn't quite uh, go the way that you had trusted it as it was supposed to be, you know? And so, and, and being young in that situation is even harder because there's nobody to really talk to about it. And cause you can't, how do you rely on either side? You know, I got to, Unfortunately, didn't get the greener side of going down to Florida either, but that was almost a harder situation, you know. So um, it's, it's one of those unique situations that you don't train for, like you're training to get better as a kid growing up. You know, you grow up, you go work out every day, you work on your craft, mm -hmm. but you don't really – understand the business of it once you get to that certain level then you kind of look like it's not about being the best necessarily it's just how you fit your role into that you see what i'm saying so um it's like the nba you know there's probably a lot of guys that can play in the nba but a lot of guys grow up being the lead scorer or the main attention guy on the team you get to NBA, you might be a, a guy that sits in the corner. But you might last 10 years, like a mm -hmm. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker attempt two shots in a game, you know, maybe one in a game. A lot of guys that are superstars their whole life, how do they adjust to that, you know? So it's one of those things where uh, – I felt better taking a chance and seeing some options as opposed to not knowing how it could go. I mean, 
I didn't know if Deshaun was going to stay at that point. Um, I didn't know, you know, how the relationship with me and Coach Kelly was, you know, after what transpired, you know, because it was at a point where, okay, we're clearly not a playoff team. We're losing sub-500, losing the games that we're not supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. And he's still playing. You know, at some point you would have thought, let's salvage the season after third the third loss because we lost like two or three in a row and been like, okay, let's go this direction. It was a messed up from the start considering, you know, we're supposed to be seeing – the Texas game, how we're going to go back and forth, and then we end up losing the game, and then you give a guy the starting role, and it just never looked back. So it was just – that was like the third strike for me because the first time was, you know, Coach Kelly's preaching about what he wants from the offense, especially not turnovers, and then it's just me and Ev on the the roster – and he's leading the country in turnovers. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was like if you're leading in turnovers, you gotta you gotta switch to the other guy. You know, it was just like I didn't even think they thought I was capable at some point. You know what I mean? So then it was like, damn, they gave Ev the job and he wasn't even at the school. You know, you granted guy the starting job the second day of camp, and he's fresh off and not even being at school for a whole year. So it's just like tough dealing with that. Then you get a chance to get things going, you get hurt, and then it's just in limbo, you know. And I think that uh, the situation wasn't handled the best because I still think in 2016 we had a really good team. It was just they were very young, so it needed a, a consistent leader in that quarterback position because, you know, I mean, both of us were pretty good figures on the team at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I think both of us could have led probably in a better way, but it wasn't facilitated right by the coaches. So it kind of, you know, it didn't pan out how it should have, you know. And so, you know, you losing games and still not getting the opportunity was kind of like, okay, well, what is the – Next step, if you're not telling me no information on what you think it's going to look like, you're not telling me if he's going to stay or leave, you're not, you just kind of being like, well, what do you want to do? So, you know, I think it uh, worked out for itself just because I got to choose um, how I wanted to go about it, which made sense. You know, I was like, okay, instead of just not knowing, I'm going to just decide for myself kind of thing. And then I felt better about after that because, I mean, at least I chose it, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, at least I got an opportunity to feel in control of the situation. So I think it was good that I got that part out of it because then, you know, I could feel like it was more on myself than outside of just not getting that clear opportunity at that time. So, you know, having different options, between, you know, Florida and a couple of other different schools, I thought it was pretty cool to see that part of the recruitment be a second chance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome. And then if I would have stayed, it's just thinking that how the order was, you know, I always think it was a natural order that had to go. If you talk about quarterback development, doing it the right way, kind of structure, it was like, okay, if you're going to go with AF, Ev get the two years, then you got Gunner in there. Gunner get about a year and a half, then I would be in there. And then, you know, follow in line that way, I think that was just a way better structure. I forgot Gunner originally was in the room. Right. So, I, and then Gunner leaving was even better because then I would have had, what, the two and a half, three years. And then Deshaun would have been a red shirt sophomore, like my third year. You know what I mean? So, it would have been great. I think that process of him growing into that position just from a leadership standpoint 
would have been better for him, especially going into the league as soon as he did, because it was never a talent thing. You know, obviously it was like things you could nitpick at, mm-hmm. but it was just more of a getting thrusted into a position that, you know, it takes a process to really get the hand in the glove sort of thing. You know, if you just got the Whopper Jr. hands putting on a huge mitt, it's just hard to control, you know, how you how you go about operating. So I just felt like, especially seeing it, you got to you gotta really spend time in, in taking reps and growing into that position. I feel like I've, through all this stuff, had a good chance of doing that with the rapport I had with the other guys. That's why I thought it was going to work so well in 2015 because you really had like some, you know, telepathy going on. <laughs> it, it was working, you know, it worked. So, you know, it's, it worked out how it did, but, you know, I just think that it's just a, a story in college football about kind of taking control of your own destiny. Now it's different because you can transfer and all type of stuff. So I think that's a good positive out of it. So I would never vote yeah. against never not having that ability to just leave when you feel like you need to, you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. It is a challenge, right? A challenging road game. It's Clemson. It's Death Valley. It goes with the territory, right? It's not the same, in my opinion. See, the teams that you guys played, even though you guys were talented, their motivation coming into Notre Dame Stadium or facing Notre Dame, teams get up for Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, it was a great challenge. And I guess guess teams, they have dominated the ACC. So the other ACC teams probably get up for Clemson. But the Clemson thing has kind of leveled off for Notre Dame, in my opinion. Like the last two times they came in the Notre Dame Stadium, they beat them. So they don't have Trevor. Things have leveled off, right? And there is no, you know, fear factor, in my opinion. It is a game of a respected program. You respect what they've done. You respect their linebackers, uh, their defensive ends. Like I said, have been injured. They haven't been able to rush the passer for like three, four weeks. And that's going to continue this week. And I mean, hey. Our tackles are formidable anyway. So Notre Dame should be able to protect Sam Hartman, who historically has played well against Clemson. So now no Mitchell Evans. Tight end room needs to step up. We'll see. Wide receiver Chris Tyree is coming into his own. As Marcus Freeman said, he wants him back for a fifth year. So things are trending in the right direction for Notre Dame in several areas. So as much as people might want to feel the pause for the pause, because it's Clemson 
and it's a road game. It, and, you know, that one and a half point spread, Vegas is, Vegas is making a lot of money off Notre Dame this year. A lot of money. Boy, they are getting a lot of people to put money on the other team. At the end of the day, if we're looking at this from a football standpoint, just forget everything else. Because, dude, Dabo Sweeney is trying to turn this into, he's trying to muck it up. He's trying to make it a sloppy game, right? He's trying to get the fan base emotional. He's trying to get his team emotional. He wants his team to play with a chip on their shoulder. And it's all up to As long as Notre Dame doesn't go in and add fuel to that fire with penalties, turnovers, drop passes, bad mistakes, blown assignments, and just all around just silly football that's not indicative of Notre Dame, that's what is going to fuel the fire. Get the, get the atmosphere jacked up. Give confidence to a team that is lacking confidence right now. They're lacking confidence. I don't care how emotional they come into the game. On Saturday, if you punch them in the mouth, it's a good chance that they can be broken. Heck, this is the same team you just broke November the 5th, 2022 in South Bend. And this team is not as talented as that team. So this is about Notre Dame. This is about Notre Dame going to that next level that you talked about, left. And this might be a game where, no, don't simplify stuff. Don't simplify stuff. Have some stuff in the chamber that they haven't seen. Yeah, I think, I think this is a game where we need to be on the offensive, where we're not treating this as if we – are in fear of something of that they may surprise us with. And I mm -hmm. think we have to just keep it for what it is and, and keep it about what is shown on film and that this isn't a team that's just going to automatically correct a lot of the things that they've been having mistakes with in one game. Yeah, they might play with a little bit more effort, a little bit more focus, but this still is a team that has shown a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of bad decision-making at quarterback. They're not all the way healthy. And Dabo's honest about his evaluation of his team. And we need to be honest about where we are and how we need to reflect on the things that we have going, which is totally in a different world than what Clemson is losing in my perspective. I think we are only un covering what we can do offensively and how we're getting even better defensively. And I think that's what is making the storyline more important for what we need to focus on. Everything else in terms of where we are and everything, I don't think should have a huge effect because this is a team that isn't a bigger game than what we've just went through. This is not even a night game. Yeah. We've yeah, been, the atmosphere is not about to be like top notch Death Valley. So if right? we're not built by now, do they even take the buses around during the day? Like I've never mm -hmm. watched. I, I haven't been in the early game in that situation. So it's uh it's one of those things to where we're not gonna let the the moment overlook um, what this really means and what this really is for us. So I think it's going to be important that we come together and just have a game that we're expected to have. We're not looking at them no different than how we're looking at what we felt like we should have did to Louisville or what we felt like we should have did to North Carolina State. Mm -hmm. So it's just an opportunity for us to get a chance to dominate and then put at ease in, in more of what we know about ourselves. So this game is more about us than them. And – like I said, there's nothing that they're just going to automatically, you know, come and do that we just aren't going to be able to handle. They can't get off of man. They can't get open either outside of them losing their main threat on offense. Their quarterback is already going through his own growth. And we're not a defense that is a 
a base day one. You know, if you got to start against anybody, start against their defense. It's probably the worst defense to go against, especially when you're looking on film and seeing that guys that you know are better than you having a hard time with it. So yeah. it, that's intimidating alone. You know, you watching that USC film like, dang, it's, he just won the Heisman. And I'm, I know I can't make that throw. And he barely got away with that one. And, oh, I'm watching, okay, Jack Plummer did some things, but I don't know if I can, you know, so I think it is uh, a good challenge more so for their offense than it ours. Yeah. We got all Jacks, man. We got answers. We just have to be able to actualize it on the field and call the right things if we want a chance to really uh, just defeat the myth. You know, it's one of those things where why we got to look in the mirror knowing we the bigger person every time. Mm. Why do we get, keep having to reassure ourselves that this is something that we know we can win instead of being so uncertain going into these games like, yeah, they, they present a, a challenge. They could be the, the back door. They could be the, 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 the game that switches it all. Like, no, we're a good program. Mm -hmm. We didn't win the games that we felt like we were built to win to change the perspective this year. But that still doesn't mean we're a bad team. Hey, you know, it, you know what it reminds me of, Left? There was a transition. Like, you know how you watch NBA games, like you don't turn to them until, like, middle of the third, end of the third quarter? Like, that's when you really tap in. Unless it's just one of those big games that you want to watch from the beginning. If the Lakers are playing uh, – What's a bad team right now? The Indiana. Toronto. Yeah, they playing Toronto. Okay. You know, if it, yeah, if they were playing the Bulls, you know, you'll flip and turn, lock in, like, fourth quarter. Right? See, when the Bulls were good, I could turn at halftime, left. You understand? Bulls were up. 16, 17, 18 and a half, bro. Ain't yeah. no need to watch the second half. That's right. Mike Mike on the bench in the four. Mm. They cruise control in the second half. Like, the first half was the game. That was the game, you know? And that's that next level stuff we're talking about. Notre Dame treating inferior competition the way they're supposed to be treated. Treating Pittsburgh the way they're supposed to be treated. But now, the next step is whether it is a brand like Clemson or a brand like Ohio State, like you said the other day. If you're the better team, man, I don't care what banner Utah lifted this year. Oregon went in there and treated them like they were the inferior team this past weekend. Two great brands. Utah just left the Coliseum with a big win left. Utah has been kind of the bully in the Pac-12 the last two, three years, and they just went up to Eugene last year and won. But somehow, some way, Oregon said, yo, fine. Could it be a tough road game? Yeah. They haven't lost at home since pre-2020. I think they lost a, a home game in 2020, but the crowd wasn't there. All of that's fine. We're the better team. We're coming in here, and we're going to show you. We're going to and there's nothing you could really do about it. That's when that's the next level I'm looking looking for from Notre Dame. It is a program. We're more talented. You know, we're about to walk in and show you. Yeah, you're Clemson. All of that stuff, dangerous, Death Valley. 
uh, yeah, okay, you guys got a chip on your shoulder. Uh, you know, Clemson fans came on the show yesterday and in the chat after the show talking about you guys better bring it. We better bring it? Yeah. Okay. You, I don't think you want us to bring it. Yeah. Because if Notre Dame ugly. Yeah, was, you didn't see us bring it last week? I mean, I don't know why they – I don't know they didn't check the box score. But for us, this doesn't phase us. And, and Marcus Freeman, I think he sees the bigger picture. Like we were talking about yesterday, he was finding things to try to make this seem as if this was a game that was threatening to what he feels like this team can accomplish. And mm-hmm. for us, we just got to pay attention to what their own coach is saying. He sounds like he's not even focused on the game this week, him approaching uh, people that probably have nothing to do with the program internally. And so that obviously causes a distraction on what you really need to be all focused on going into this game this week, especially at home. So it will be interesting, I think, to see uh, the response. Marcus Freeman, if anything, is challenged himself to re- have a repeat of performance. You know, don't let him even think that this is a something that is going to develop to be a series now that you're under the helm. You don't got Trevor no more. Don't got Deshaun no more. And we're going to keep showing you, like you said, you're just Clemson. You know, like <laughs> said, he's just a Clemson. He, Clemson, he's just Clemsoning or whatever he said. And Notre Dame means the Notre Dame. And if we're Notre Dame, that means we're putting the, the 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 proverbial knife nail in the coffin. And we're going to put this whole championship era to bed once again. It's like the full moon. Every comes every every year, it comes full circle. And that cycle is going to be completed. We knocked them off of the championship consistency. Now we're going to knock them back to an ACC regular team. And they're going to go on another rough stretch until Dabble decides that, you know, he gets lucky and strikes on another top quarterback. So, you know, this is a good opportunity, whereas um, similar to how Ohio State probably felt about us. Ohio State probably felt about us how we feel about Clemson. And they had to squeeze that out to squish the narrative that Notre Dame was going to replace them. Well, we're not looking to revive anybody's season. And obviously anybody that wins against us feels like they got to start doing Gatorade baths and all these press conferences about overcoming so much adversity. There's a lot as as a as a purse holder for us to lose in any circumstance. So beating Clemson is just another notch. Them beating us is I guarantee you Dabo is gonna have a whole <laughs> a whole speech on how everybody doubted him, everybody this and that. And they find ways to win, blah, 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 blah. But we're not going to give them the chance. Go on to Death Valley and, and do what we're supposed to do. And shout out to Halloween, you know. Yeah, uh, they just started showing up at the front door, Bluff. That's right. That's right. You got the big candy bars this year or what? The missus. She, uh, she took care of it this year, bro. She took care of it this year. And, hey, for them to be out in this snowstorm, bro. Hey, salute to the day. And I like, you know, they've been coming in packs. That's what I like. I don't like those solo kids out on the streets by themselves. Right, if you're going to send your kids out and you're not out with them, make sure they're in the pack. Make sure they're in the pack. I might do chocolates today left to celebrate. Not celebrate, but just, you know, you know I don't want to get into that whole thing. Well, we can get into it, you know. I'm a Mr. Good Bar, Twix, Reese's. See, uh, Mr. Good Bar is different. What, what do you mean by that? Because <laughs> last year we had um, Golik on, Mike Golik Jr. on 
today, a year ago today. He gave his top five, which I totally disagreed with. But you know, but I'm a chocolate lover, so that's right. You know, he so do you like those uh, exotic chocolates? Like, what is your chocolate lover level? Is it you like the the standard chocolate, or you like the exquisite box chocolates? And stuff? Oh, bro, like I'm a Godiva fan, bro. <laughs> like Godiva hot chocolate. Godiva, the turtles, like yeah, you know, top notch chocolate, Van Cliffs, all of that. Yeah, I love, you know, like I would go with my mother's because my mother's, I get it from my mom. My mother will always have like boxes of chocolates around. I would, you know, how as a kid, you don't know which one has the caramel filling, or so you know, you might waste a couple of pieces trying to find the right piece. That was me. My mom used to be like, who's eating all my... Because she's a huge turtle fan. That's right. So she's like, who's eating all my turtles, all my caramel-filled chocolates? Like, yeah, that's me. That's me. So, yeah. Um, I just, you know, pray for safety today. That's all. That's, that's really what it's about. Did you see Conway say that women have ruined uh... Halloween for kids because it's no longer about the kids. It's always it's all now it's all about you know adults throwing parties and how we gonna come to the NBA games and how we gonna come to this and how we gonna come to that. He was like, dude, what are we doing? He was like, the holiday is for the kids. And I was like, you know what? It is. I think it may be more attention paid to the adults. Than the kids yeah, nowadays. If we, if we talking about it, it's, it's always been catered to the adults. That might be well within uh, your parameters, there, sir. And you know, if I think a lot of uh, what we've tried to make the holiday is just counter to what the holiday was made from, mm -hmm. and so you know. When you're venerating and celebrating stuff, you gotta know what you're celebrating. I think uh, nowadays it's been influenced by so many different things. This is like, I just feel like every year it gets a little raunchier, <laughs> a little more. Like for instance, drop drop my lady son off to school. Okay, you know it's Halloween day. Yeah, costume day. Everybody comes. You get dressed school. up and clock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every single kid has some ghoul demon black costume on. Every See, back day. in the day, it was all about the superheroes for us. I man. mean, no, but it was no variety. I'm like, you dressed up just like everybody. I'm like, did y'all all plan to dress the same thing? Fam, it was like at least like three or four Optimus Primes in my class as a shorty. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else was like Spec the Man. I know that might be before your time, left. I'm sorry. Spec the Man. Then it was like four or five G.I. Joes. You know, that was pretty much Superman, Batman. You know, you always had the classics. All you see you know, now is goblins and ghouls. Word? That's it. What's wrong, man? Goblins and ghouls and serial killers. That's it. That's all you saw. You didn't see, see that, no, that, 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 that goes to show that you didn't see no fun, like no creep, no hot dogs, you know, no no funny cotton, no none of that. It was yeah, ghouls, goblins, and, and serial killers. I'm like, oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's rough to look at, but it's, you know, it's uh, what you choose to uh, entertain yourself with. I think it, you'd always got to be conscious of it. I was talking to a baby girl and she was, you know, because they have, I'm sure they have like different sets and things around campus or what, you know, and in LA and, um, you know, I'll chop it up with a little lady. I, she wasn't. She wasn't feeling it. Like she's dressed up before and done things it for her like thing. Fun. It's like you got to go out there and really like try to like. I don't know. 
That's what's up. Jay Henry said his little one was Elmo. Okay. See, See that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think kids can. I don't think can kids really connect to toys now. Kids are like four or five old, five year olds asking for like iPads and electronics, and no one's asking for actual like figures and you know i think when i got to like the teenage years that's when wrestling really exploded it dude the wrestling ring came out with all the all-stars of wrestling and you had to collect them and man we were jumping the bath pillars off the, the top rope and man we were dressing up as like hulk hogan and randy savage and man it to hear that you know, when you pulled up, and that was the collective creativity of costumes, is uh, man, that's kind of disheartening, man. Yeah, man, it definitely is not um, what I, in in terms of went to school with, you know, we tried to mix it up, try to have fun with it. So, I think the the more I, the the less I paid attention to it. You know, it's just the the more I've noticed when I started looking around, like man, it's it's changed over the years. But so mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Let's get through. We have one super chat. We appreciate you, Patrick Barnes. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We are super chat back heavy. Get at us. Questions, comments. We appreciate you, Joseph King. Say, hey, Sean. It's time to join baby girl in Southern California. I'm from East Chicago, Indiana. What's up, Joseph? That's right. Yeah, he's like 15, 20 minutes from me. I know the feeling. Live in Cali now. LOL. Hey, huh. Soon and very soon, Joseph. That's right. You can believe that. I got Jason Smith referring to our early conversation, calling me Scrooge McShawn. And he also says SD, I will have to see that onesie. It would never be a onesie. Never. Never. I do get a Santa Claus hat, though. That's right. Every year. I get a Santa Claus hat. LL question of the day before we go over to our conversation on Tyler from Spartanburg and Dabo Sweeney and some other things in college football. What's the best food day? Thanksgiving or Christmas? What's the best food day? Thanksgiving or Christmas? Let us know. I'm a Thanksgiving guy, love. Okay. For selfish reasons. Man, look, when I tell you, left you had at some point. Because I'm sure, like, your grandmother and your I'm sure they're, man, the sweetest in the world, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we've had conversations about what they cook, everything. My mother is the absolute, you're talking about a lover of human beings and just the sweetest person in the world, bro. She literally makes every man in our immediate family. That's like me, brothers, cousins, uncles, my father. Every man for Thanksgiving gets their own personal sweet potato pie. Like she literally makes like 10 to 12 sweet potato pies, bro. Every Thanksgiving. And then Christmas, she makes me my own carrot cake. So I'm kind of torn, but it just always seems like Thanksgiving tastes better than Christmas. I I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving always tastes a little more, uh, I think a little better because more people, in my opinion, come together Thanksgiving than Christmas, but maybe that's Mm -hmm. All right, so right now, we're going to transition left has to transition to the car. He's doing that right now. And once again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, 
smash the like button, notification bell, leave your comments, subscribe. We appreciate it. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I want to give a personal thank you to all of our supporters. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure most of you have heard by now, uh, I was diagnosed uh, with a cancerous tumor in my throat back on May the 7th. I had to do seven weeks of extensive chemotherapy and radiation uh, simultaneously. Um, feel great. Res man, responded well. Everything is looking wonderful, feeling wonderful. But in the meantime, you know, we were about to make the transition with the podcast audio from uh, the Irish Breakdown feed over to Sea of Nation. We had this big plan for launching and, and doing things. And then me and Brian had the summer show that we do on Saturdays. And we were supposed to do that and promote and everything. And everything got on to the wind once my diagnosis came down. So um, for those of you that have stuck with us and locked on, because we had a crazy schedule during that time, <clears throat> tremendous support from Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown, tremendous support. Malik, you know who people are in your life during times like that. And uh, Left and I became tighter than ever tighter than ever we became like brothers and uh his prayers his support cam mcdaniel uh cj you know some of the guys like i do um i'm talking about just personally reaching out praying for me checking on me constantly uh didn't expect that didn't expect the type of love um Shonda Gray, who I met while reporting on Christian during his senior year, you know, communicating with me and saying that we love you and Christian sends his love and all that type of stuff, man. It it uh, was fantastic. But, you know, my apologies, you know, of course, it wasn't purposeful, you know, that and because of everything screwed up our summer schedule. You know, we would be on maybe three days, one week, four days, the next week, two days, some weeks, because I just, to be honest, guys, I couldn't do it. I didn't have the energy. My voice was messed up. And uh, somehow, some way, you know, you guys stuck with us. And uh, we greatly appreciate that. Now, I, I thought about that today. And I'm just in a season, going into this holiday season, I'm in a great space of thankfulness just in life. And you guys understand that. When you go through something like I've just experienced, uh, life becomes, uh, your perspective on life becomes uh, severely changed. And let's just say the things that I worry about. I'll give you guys this tidbit, man. It's funny, right? Because I'll, you know, usually... Um, my wife is here when I do the show, right? Especially in the morning. And uh, sometimes when I'm done with the show, I'll walk upstairs and she'll say, how was the show? The majority of the time, right? But there are other times when I'll walk upstairs and, and she'll say, are you done screaming? And I'll laugh because, you know, I get excited, you know, about, you know, something in chat, something Malik and I are talking about, you know, and she's always telling me, and this is going to lead right into Dabo Sweeney. I hope Dabo Sweeney has someone half as beautiful, amazing, supportive, real as Tiffany Davis. Because she is constantly reminding me, like, you know, like, why are you always loud? Or why did you get loud today? And I'm like, that's just me. Like, yo, that's what I do when we talk sports. Like, you know me. Like, when I'm with my dad, my brothers, my cousins at, on holidays, that's that's how we talk. And she's like, yeah, babe, but the fans don't know that that's you. They probably think 
that you're being mean. They don't know that that's just the culture you come from, you know, with your dad, with your brothers. And that's how you guys talk and debate and, and laugh. And, you know, you guys can get loud with one another and like literally laugh with each other in the next five minutes. And they might not know that that's how you approach talking about things. And, you know, even if you disagree, when the show is done, you're done with it. Like you're not upset. When it, and, she, and she's right. She's right. She's right. And uh, like I said, man, you guys are phenomenal because the chat is always lit. Like, and that's my, the culture I come from when talking Notre Dame sports in general. Just, yo, I get excited when there are differing opinions. Uh, that gets me hyped, right? And <laughs> my volume picks up. And, you know, I've had people say that, you know, post-show, post like, Sean, man, you know, you're arguing. I'm like, man, I'm not arguing, man. I, I just get excited when we're talking, especially when we're talking Notre Dame, especially when we're talking Notre Dame. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much. We're finally getting locked back in. And the switch over to CFB Nation, we didn't have the launch we wanted to have. We didn't have the launch we really wanted to have for the website that we had planned because I was dealing with things, but um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we support you guys and uh, we thank you for supporting us. God bless you. Uh, eternal blessings and favor upon all of you, all of you, man. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, um, from the time you guys found out, you guys have absolutely best and continue to be the best uh so